Hello everyone. Welcome to Take a Fashion Seat. Tonight's show is about the book titled Tokyo Street Style by Yoko Yagi. The photography was by Yoru Yusa. And I love the book. The book was very interesting. The fashion pieces were bold and very unique and very classic. Um, there was, um, I learned a lot about their love for vintage um, and how the markets are ran and how people like to go and shop there. Tokyo has been a major source of high fashion for decades. And the city's presence on the world fashion stage seems to be more prominent each year. Following in the footsteps of Japanese fashion icons such as Rikawa Bu and Koma D. Garkans, Yoji Yamato, Issi Mayaki, Junya Watanabe, Jun Takahashi, Chitos Abi, and Haramoshi Achi. If I mispronounced them, I'm sorry, but I think I got them. Beautiful names. While you can catch a glimpse of Mount Fuji from the upper floors of tall buildings throughout the city, it's nearly impossible to see the end of the urban sprawl that radiates from the shores of Tokyo Bay. So the introduction was beautiful, um, and it talked about Japan and many of the iconic uh, tall buildings and things that take place in them and outside of them and inside of them fashion rule so um mariko hashai who is a designer said what is important is fashion is whether you can be yourself or not so i like how she summed that up and the book went on to talk about took a closer look at stores and select shops japan's unique multiple stores each with its own curated concept and approach to styling which have tremendous influence on street fashions in tokyo since their beginnings in the late 1980s and since a book about tokyo a city famous for its world-class restaurants and we all know japanese food is delicious so we're talking about fashion now and later we're going to talk about the restaurants because they all intertwine. So in the book, they celebrated the way stylish Tokyites, that's what they call them, take inspiration from around the world, always keeping an eye out for new and exciting influences wherever they might be found as they mix different elements together in each outfit they wear. So the book was really good, but I like how it started off because it talked about the 23 neighborhoods so let's dig right in one of them was called shibuya one of the most popular shopping and entertainment districts of tokyo with large department stores cosmetic retailers and more perhaps best known for the scramble crossing everybody so we all know about that and that's one of the places that i put on my bucket list so i want to go to shibuya because I want to do that scramble crossing. 
Then there's Harajuku, the center of Japanese youth culture. So you see all the youth hanging out there. Um, and it outfits in wide range of styles as well as a variety of clothing stores, candy stores, and fast food restaurants. So rem remember this, everyone, when you're planning your trip to Japan, go to Harajuku. Then number three is Omotisandu. That's the grand older sister, a tree-lined avenue sometimes called Tokyo's Chumps Alivis, full of high-end designers. Oh, I've got to check that out. Number four, Ayomo and Nishu Azubu. Exclusive, wealthy, sophisticated, adjacent residential neighborhoods. It's famous for restaurants and boutiques. Number five, Azubunja Bunan. This is a residential area as well. It's in the middle of the big city, and many travelers go there, but it stays very crowded. Number six, Roponguki is a bustling shopping and nightlife district popular with foreign tourists. So keep that in mind for the tourist who wants to hang out. Number seven, Ibutsu, a beautiful high-end residential neighborhood with luxury homes and shopping malls, and you can in um, enjoy um, popular um, it's a popular date spot so if you want to you know go out on a date you want to go to Ibusu next is Dakanyama it's a cosmopolitan fashion district with many foreign embassies galleries and bookstores then there is Nakamuguru it's vintage shops restaurants there and cherry blossom lines the streets then there's Yogu Ura and Yogu Hachiman, close to Yogi Park. So it's a fashion-filled area with restaurants and cafes. Next, Koyinji, which has like cheap bars, bookstores, and cafes. Next, Shinjuku is famous for major department stores. Then we have Jinza a starly high-end shopping district, which has also small shops and where you can get handmade crafts. Then there's East Tokyo, dominated by the Sky Tree Towers. It's the old Tokyo feel. Lower rents are encouraged and there's plenty of studio space in that area. So that's what I liked about the book. It started off telling you about the neighborhoods and where you can shop hangout, etc. So, on the streets of Tokyo, visitors can't help but notice the electric range of fashion styles on display. But what is perhaps most striking is the playful, open attitude. Tokyo-based fashion journalist and blogger Misha Jeanette lived in Japan for more than 10 years, and she tells us a story about a friend visiting for the first time. A while ago, a friend of mine came over to, these are her words, to Berlin, to Japan. I feel at home in Tokyo. He is super tall with shaggy beard and trends to stand out in the crowd. So when he goes abroad, he often gets stared at. But nothing more. That's why he feels at ease here. People in Tokyo absolutely don't give other strange looks. And so I like that. When I read that part of the story, I was like, oh, that's fascinating that everyone go on with life and, you know, they just 
absolutely welcome you. Tokyo as fashion inspiration. So Mike Alveson is a designer and founder of Pasta Lago, a longtime resident of Tokyo. Revealed in the mix of old and new, he says, I love that there is simultaneously new technology and tradition side by side. There is technology like supercomputers or high-speed trains. At the same time, there is um, continuation of traditional crafts like lacquerware, uh, dyeing fabric weaving, and much more. And they showed an amazing picture of um, him. And um, then there was Adrian Hogan, an Australian illustrator who is also a longtime resident of Tokyo. He appreciates the high level of fashion awareness and the skill among people. Both women and men are highly conscious of fashion. So he talked about that. Then there was a timeline in the book. Talked about the 60s to the 80s. There were many skirts, Ivy League preppy and hippie. You went into the 80s and there was um, bamboo, bamboo shoots, bodycon clothes. Um, they had designer characters. Now in the late 1980s, there was French casual they talked about and um, the schoolgirl look. So then in the 2000s to 2010, the skinny jeans was worn, the Lolita, which was um, got the gothic look. Um, fitted waist, short, full skirts. Um, there was also the new standard um, sweater sets, t-shirts, and the urban out outdoor hiking boot looks, sportswear, fleeces, cargo pants. And in the 90s, they had the flight jackets. So it gave you a timeline of some of the most fashionable trends that took place. Now, in August 1980, a Japanese magazine and research institute called Across began investigating youth fashion culture. And the magazine used a method called Teratankasuku, or fixed point observation. They wanted to record changing fashion trends over time by focusing on the clothing worn by regular people on the streets and those areas. Um, so they did the research and looking back, street style fashion from the beginning, they saw from the early 1980s, designers and character brands shortened to DC and Japanese were in their prime, they explained. So there was mixed style. And one of the earliest styling techniques was layering. As people mixed and matched their DC brand clothes with the more obscure brands or basics, street style culture developed. Fashion styles were increasingly deconstructed and reformed. In other words, people began to notice each other on the streets and take inspiration from each other. So I thought that was interesting. And, it, and it, so I think that in order to create something approaching that what many considered as ideal figure, the Western fashion models, fashion coordination, and style techniques were developed that made use of various textiles, patterns, and methods of layering. So layering was, was a huge thing. That's what they noticed. So freedom and precision, the driving forces behind Tokyo fashion. So even in the midst of accelerating globalization and easy access to fashion information around the world, designers based in Tokyo maintain an originality that is unlike anywhere else. 
Their penchant and combining the spirit elements is made possible by two things, a free spirit and precise attention to detail. These traits are in the DNA of their fashion. But the free spirit yet precise approach to fashion was born and cultivated on the streets of Tokyo. Designers here don't hesitate to combine concepts or items that were originally antithetical. The sort of distortion is fun and interesting. One good example of how designers and fashion consumers reveal its mixed hybrid fashion is the popularity of the brand Facetasm as the standard bearer of mixed fashion. So they do many of that there. They love freedom to express. Um, there you have a fashion obsession for the DC brand boom. Um, and then they like made in Japan craftsmanship. Petite Rogue Nori designer Yoshijo Abe is often credited with bringing costume jewelry to the street styles worn by women before she launched a website selling vintage costume jewelry and later established her own jewelry brand. Petite Robe Noel is 2009 costume jewelry was not something that women commonly wore. The brand changed how women threw out about costume jewelry to extend their staple of classic elegant looks. So they started combining jewelry, which even made them look even more beautiful um, and creative. And they talked about jewelry, the mixed styles, um, the, the colors. Um, at Kandi, Mayu Jin Shrine in the Sokanda area close to the brand. Staff members, um, it's, they wear red blouses, embroidery styles, and skirts. You'll see a lot of red flowery looks as you walk around in Japan. They have many options, having options even when the number of options seem overwhelming. Street style comes with so many options. Style practice in Tokyo has a relevance that extends far beyond the city limits. The themes were introduced in the chapter and they explored um, combining pieces, um, how they shape fashion worldwide, and, and more. So the book went into further, went into the street style. So street is a pioneering street photography magazine. So it's a magazine called Street. Styles in Tokyo back then were the so-called designer and character DC brand led by Komo D. Gascons and Issey Maid. All fashions were influenced by these leading fashion designers as well as Yohi Yamoto. There was a trend where if you were not wearing clothing from above mentioned brands, you were not fashionable. When Street was first published, there weren't any other magazines. So now today there's more, but back then there was one. So things have advanced and developed. Tokyo Street Fashion Leaders, and one of them is Ri Shito. She's a street fashion photographer and says the rule for good street is not to make any rules. So people just have fun and they enjoyed um, just taking fashion to new levels. And then there was um, another quote that Re said, my sense of style comes from the streets. So many times, many of the fashion comes straight from people who walk right past you down the street. Now, 
Embarking on a career working as a street photographer, a change of course that led to a five-year stint in street editorial, she still cultivated her own sense of fashion working behind the camera. But it was a fateful encounter with yet another renowned street fashion photographer in New York we, that launched her international fame. So she's very well known now. And Ree is amazing and everybody looks up to her. They look forward to reading about her and so forth. They also like Shin Tanaka. She's a model and founder of the blog Hint of Color. Now, Shin Tanaka is a model, illustrator, and founder of the blog Hint. She studied dressmaking at both Fashion Institute of Technologies, which is fit in New York, guys, and Bunka Fashion College in Tokyo. After graduating, she worked for a clothing manufacturer with her throughout understanding of both fashion and construction of clothing. And they, I, I think I showed a picture earlier of her standing on the stairwell um, on my um, TikTok and my Instagram page. She loves silhouettes and coordinating colors and being amazing in the model industrial. So there's also Ayana Mamoto. Social media appeals to me because I can casually transmit a distillation of myself. So she's another person who wears amazing clothes and shoes. Now I love, and I should have showed a picture of some amazing animal print boots that she wore. They were called the smoky pink. Um, they, she wore the boots and a pink hoodie. So the pink hoodie was, um, it was a smoky pink originals from Nadia. And then she wore some H&M Kenzo heel boots. So the boots that I spoke about, the animal print one, they were from Kenzo. And the hoodie that she loved to wear was um, Nadia. And it was really cute. And they are big on hoodies in Japan. So a lot of the uh, fashionistas, um, they keep the trends going by keeping people updated on what the latest trends will be. And the book just kept on and on and on. And then there was Suleen Hagashino, who was a photographer and model. Suleen Hagashino is a photographer known for her poetic, luminous style, who also regularly finds herself on the other side of the camera as a model. Throughout her work, she has become an influential style creator in Tokyo and beyond. So they show pictures of her and groups of people gravitating to her, and they love her style and looks, and they like her shopping tips and more. So one of my favorites was Misha Jeanette, who's a fashion journalist, fashion director, and founder of the blog Tokyo Fashion Diaries. Now you guys gotta check her out. Since first arriving in Tokyo more than a 10 years from the US, after being awarded at Miti International Student Fellowship for Study at Bunka Fashion College, Misha Jeanette has been a keen observer of Tokyo style developments. Through her work as a journalist for the Japan Times and stylist and television host on J Japanese fashion programs, she has become one of Tokyo's most influential fashion personalities. So check her out as well when you get a chance because she has an amazing diary and blog. Then they have hair and makeup people there who help the street styles even look even more colorful and amazing. Hair, makeup, and self-expression 
by Kenji Toyota, hair and makeup artist. She helps also bring street style as a celebration and help people with different hair colors, styles, and moods. So she's a great contributor to this amazing book. And she talked about the different styles the Japanese like, like the bobs, the bangs and brogues, and the ponytails and buns, the makeup, the nail art, and small details. So I enjoyed thumbing through, looking at the different hairstyles, um, the nail polish they use, um, which was nice. Um, and then about vintage. Most of my wardrobe is vintage. The more I research the origins of the clothing, the more I want to wear them. This was by Hiromi Tasando, a staff member at Waltz, and she talked about looking and shopping for vintage things. You know, so that was fun reading about her. Then there's Turo. So when purchasing vintage, I try to always be natural and without perceptions. So the owner of Turo likes people to come in there and browse and enjoy the amazing um, luxury brands. Um, they also gather folk costumes from all around the world, often anonymous but finely crafted. What is most distinctive about Turo is excellent and extremely creative store layouts where you can get many um, beautiful things and collections. So you got to check out Turo if you ever visit Japan. Um, and they went into um, different other stores they talked about. And then there's also a lady named Itusuku Yano, who is the director of LAMP, Harashuki. Ituki Yano cites Sofia Coppola as a major influence on her sense of style. I have an affinity for the musical expression and the beauty in her films. So if you see her dresses, they're cute and dainty and they are amazing. And I thumbed on through and it just, they told you about different shop styles, look, jewelry, um, this concept stores. And there's a place called Desperado. In 2000, Desperado opened its doors in Shibayu, taking the fusion of fashion and art, optics, and people as a theme. So you can go there. It's been over 30 years. It's like vintage stores, multi-label concept stores are increasingly offering original products having defined themselves by the collection of brands they offer. So Desperado is one of, it's a favorite there. Then there's the markets. So since opening indoors in 2011, Super A Market has embodied Tokyo's no rule street style ethos with its varied selection of items casually arranged side by side like in a supermarket. This egalitarian approach to displaying their products reflections the store's ethos that all of the items they offer are equally stylish and valuable. So check those out as well. So I'm gonna end the book on about the fashion, food, and more, a Tokyo guide. So in Tokyo, there is a huge demand for what is known as total life design, style in all aspects of life, from music to clothing to food. Toyotaites are among the world's most discerning custom experting and receiving the best customer service and craftsmanship in terms of the products they buy as well as their overall shopping drinking or during dining experiences. As we have seen, select shops and concept stores are continually opening and are demanded. So the guide 
um, share with you different ways to um, to dine, different restaurants to enjoy. Um, there was um, places where you can go to bakeries and get pastries. Um, here's a, something I want to read. At, at first glance, the pastries of food look rustic and unembellished, but their flavors is unforgettable. Asada's practical with a distinctful fashion sense is similarly memorable. She says, oh, certain occasions like when I sell sweets at an event or when I serve cake to guests, I always wear something white or a crisp, neat apron in order to make my cakes more appealing. So food and fashion is huge in Japan. And um, I'm looking at a classic Chibin bento full of color and a variety of delicious taste and textures, steamed fish, spring rolls, meatballs, croquettes, hard-boiled eggs, octopus, and mountain berries are cynically arranged on rice. So the food is so beautiful how they lay them out. They like to cook and they like to wear the latest fashion. Um, the end of the book gave you an actual guide where you can go. There was different um, eateries and I'll name a few and we're going to end on that. So you want to check out um, Eat Rip, the Little Shop of Flowers. There is Haruchiki Rocket, Kofi Mamiya. There's Lamp Harajuku, which we discussed earlier. Marte. There is Toro. Uh, there is Oto. So these are uh, places that you can go for clothes and, and also places where you can eat. The guide is broken up into uh, women's, men, vintage jewelry, coffee, books, music, flowers, beauty, and more. I enjoyed discussing with you Tokyo Street Style by Yoki Yagi, photography by Tuyu Yusa. Um, I hope you enjoyed it, got something amazing out of it, and I'm just going to say good night. Thanks for listening.